Lando, Lando, I make him feel like I'm Lando. Lando, I'm smooth as hell, I'm just like Lando. Lando, I'm making deals like I'm Lando. Lando. Hey, welcome in everybody. This is Coro's Companion Podcast. I am Colton Robertson, aka Coro. It is a holy day. It is May the 4th, Star Wars Day. And if you know me at all, you know I'm a celebrate to the absolute fullest. By recording a podcast, I am here with my homies in arms. They have been friends of mine for several years now. We are very good at discussing Star Wars with each other. So I figured I'd have them on for this May the 4th Spectacular. I'm joined by none other than Joseph George and Miles Buttress. Introduce yourself, boys. Well, I am Joseph, and I know you guys can't see me right now, but I'm in full costume. I look exactly like Obi-Wan. Uh, the Ewan McGregor. Hey, yeah. hey, and I'm uh, I'm Miles. Uh, I also am in full costume. Uh, I'm I'm dressed up as Padme right now. Super weird. Uh, second episode, Padme. Are you wearing the uh, the white? Yeah, the obviously. White suit? It's kind of cut up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, obviously. Ask well, what other good. what other Padme would you want outside? I mean, I guess yeah. I could do like the headdress Padme. Not gonna lie, Miles. That sounds kind of hot. Um, that's what I was going for. I'm I'm in partial costume. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt and drinking out of my uh, Darth Vader mug. I'm uh, I'm ready. I'm here for it. All right, let's go. So you know we've uh, we've all been pretty big Star Wars fans for our lifetimes, essentially. Correct. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's hear how you guys got introduced to the uh, universe of Star Wars because I personally believe that in the Star Wars fandom, that's about as important as anything is how it got started for you. Okay. Well, I guess I'll, I'll go first here. Um, I really didn't get introduced to the movies first, um, but my parents did. Uh, they just kind of assumed we would like Star Wars. I mean, who, who really wouldn't? But uh, they bought us some, some lightsabers. Um, I think it was for Christmas. I don't know really what year. I would say I was around seven to eight years old, if I had to guess. Um, and we would just, you know, fight all day, and Johnny would be uh, – He'd be Anakin and I'd be Obi-Wan because, you know, he's just the psycho in the family. So he had to <laughs> be, the, be the evil one. And, and uh, <laughs> it was just our parents. We, we had some movie nights and we decided to watch every Star Wars in the release order, not the uh, number order, which I was really grateful for to be introduced to it that way. Even I, though my brain was very small and I really couldn't comprehend everything. At least it was done that way. Yeah, like you. At least you know you watched the original trilogy first. Yes, yeah, I'm very yeah. proud. It makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph, I have to ask: Did you yell at your brother uh, about betraying the the Jedi Order and joining the Sith? Oh, I you mean, the chosen one. Come on, I mean, who doesn't? My allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy. Who doesn't have that ingrained into their brain? I, so I just bad. had to be sure that that you loved it as much as everyone else did. Ooh. I have the high ground. <laughs> of course. Oh, that's actually quick little side story. That is how I broke my leg. Me and Johnny were playing Floors the Lava, and we were doing the Anakin Obi One fight. And I was on top of the couch, and I was saying I have the high ground, and then I was jumping down to swipe him with my lightsaber, and my leg just landed horribly wrong, and I had a compound fracture, like it just broke out of my skin. So, oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, fun little story there. That's. That's how much I love Star Wars. I was that dedicated. I respect the shit out of that. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, Miles, Miles, what about you? How were you introduced? Uh, so uh, my dad's kind of a, a massive nerd. Um, so mm-hmm. 
I was introduced to it pretty much at birth. Um, I've watched the you know the Star Wars esque movies like the sci-fi or like fantasy like big world movies since since I was born. So I've they've just always kind of been a part of my life. So if you ask uh, me yeah, like Lord, my Lord first memory of Star Wars, yeah. If you ask me my first memory of Star Wars, it doesn't really exist because it's just kind of always been there. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love that. I love that. It's kind of the uh, it's kind of the same for me. I uh, I. I because it's my earliest memory uh because it scarred me for a little bit i was scared (laughs) shitless of the yeti at the yeti ass motherfucker at the beginning of empire strikes back (laughs) earliest memory i was about four scared the living shit out of me and i remember that feeling vividly (laughs) i mean i don't think you're a true star wars fan if you didn't get nightmares at that point i mean if you're our age obviously Oh but, yeah, I mean we're prequel babies, born nineteen ninety nine, two thousand age. So like we're, we were we were young, young at the time when the prequels were coming out. So we're getting introduced to the OT. We're getting introduced to the the prequel trilogy. It was a it was a good time to be alive. Oh yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, so uh, you know what? Uh, let's you guys ready to move on to a favorite movie from each trilogy? I'm down. Same. All righty, let's uh, let's move on to the next segment. What is your favorite movie from each trilogy? I mean, I kind of want to start off with the original and just kind of say Empire because it's kind of the best one of all time. I mean, I don't really know if that's very contested, but I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Miles, you got any retort to Empire being the best? Um, I mean, you know, I it's my personal. I enjoyed Return of the Jedi the most, but uh, that's it, it. I mainly enjoyed it more because it's uh, a bigger, badder Death Star, and uh, you know, the hero jungle planet. jungle planet Leia. Oh man, Jungle Planet Leia! I love me Jungle okay. Planet Leia. I see your point. Yeah, I, I love it when she's with the Ewok. Personal favorite is also Return of the Jedi, but I do recognize Fire Strikes Back as clearly the best. Mm-hmm. I think I think I can I can agree with that. Yeah, the, the thing about Return of the Jedi for me is that it's just uh, it's what it's what you always wanted out of Star Wars. It was the the heroes won and def- defended the galaxy. Darth Vader. I mean, nobody anticipated Darth Vader ending up being a good guy. Darth Vader yeah. saving the galaxy is major because he's one of the biggest villains of all time. Yeah. The fact that they yeah. were willing to uh, to switch the dynamic from Darth Vader, one of the biggest supervillains of all time, becoming this weak puppy dog of a character under Emperor Palpatine is just incredible, I think. I think, and it was a huge risk. That dude's just an old guy. We didn't really yeah. know this guy. Nobody knew Emperor Palpatine yet, but it was 1983. It was just kind of like, oh no, we got this old guy who kind of watches over, but what's his deal? And, success, and then he successfully executed a perfect, bigger, badder supervillain. I don't know how that was possible, but they did it. Yeah, yeah, I, th- yeah, I would agree with that. Empire now, has its merits, though, as well. Joseph, you want to uh, you want to go off on uh, Empire real quick? I mean, 
I just think it's it's regarded as the best Star Wars of all time. If you kind of ask anyone to answer quickly on like what their favorite one is, I mean, if if they're a young person, I think they'll say Revenge of the Sith just because of how epic the fight between Anakin and Obi Wan was. Absolutely. But I think if you, if you look at a, a real Star Wars fan, I mean, it's I think Empire just kind of encompasses like it was just so. Yeah, I I just. I remember whenever I was watching it, and that was the second movie I was introduced to in the franchise. I was like, "Okay, this this saga is going to take off." Like, there's nothing. Like, I don't know how it gets worse. Well, I guess it has to get worse from here, you know, <laughs> because it's so great. But I mean, it just didn't. It just kept compiling on top of it. And I just think, I just think it's like a technological, like you know, it was, it was a technology feat with New Hope and stuff like that. But I, I think it's just. Everyone was past the like, wow, this movie is really like ahead of its time. And I really think this was like a movie where people got to sit down and enjoy because they already knew the atmosphere of the movie. And I really just think it's, it's just a goat movie in my oh, opinion. It, is. it really is. And see, the thing about Empire is that it's, it's, it, it was just bigger and better than A New Hope. But you got to regard that new, the New Hope as the original it got it started it blew up it it didn't win best picture but it was nominated for best picture or did it win uh, i don't know i think it did win or maybe it lost to annie hall or something like that i can't remember but i mean it had to win something it did, i would it, say uh, john williams i mean his scores for each of the movies alone just destroyed everything they were beautiful and see the thing about uh george lucas too is that he wasn't getting a lot of critical acclaim because uh he was kind of ousted from uh hollywood's scene at that time because he broke rules he the the first star wars movie is the first movie to ever have the credits at the end and now that's what we do dang okay i didn't even know that yeah wow like he he broke rules that made the directors uh, guild or whatever just they kicked him out and then they ousted him. He didn't get a lot of critical time. Did but he blew up everything that he did was an independent movie and it was Alter Lucas film and he created something that lived on for now forty five plus years. Yeah. So I I looked at I was looking it up. It did not win Best Picture. Lost to Annie Hall. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say what it lost to. It just says it was nominated, but it won everything from like best original score to best visual effects and all these things that looking back on it, it obviously had to have won. Yeah. And that's what's so crazy is like, that's how much our technology has evolved because we look back at a new hope and empire strikes back in the original versions and are like, what the fuck is this? Like, but like at the time, that was that was a marvel. Like, that was something that was crazy. It had never been done. Oh yeah, like yeah. If you look back at the non remastered ones, like you can literally see like the the green screen like elements. You know how like it's like whenever you see like a tie fighter flying through space, you can like oh, see yeah. how it's edited in almost. But like. It, they, people just didn't care because it was so amazing at that time. Yeah, and and, and that's what's so cool about it. And like it, for an example, George Lucas has gotten to go back and retouch those films, obviously, and everything is perfect now. They're all in 4K HD on Disney Plus. But uh, like I was rewatching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark the other day, and they've <laughs> they've never gone back and retouched those films. 
and it's there's a lot of that same stuff like when they're flying through the air you can tell they're clearly not in the air like they're they're definitely (laughs) on the ground and and like it's because that was just the norm yeah but star wars is what created that they made special effects what they became yeah oh yeah and i don't know if you guys do this but almost every background in the original series was completely just paintings in the background. Yeah, there were because especially they in couldn't the Empire. Yeah, so they those things like they, they sold them for. I think they sold them for charity, like after the movie was or after a couple of years. And I think you can buy them now, but I mean they're just stupid expensive, obviously. But yeah, I mean, in, the, in the original uh, Miles, you haven't uh, you haven't gotten in on this in a little bit. What's up? No, nothing. I'm just I'm just kind of listening and agreeing with you guys. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, it's uh the the paintings and stuff in particular are fascinating to me because uh I, obviously I love the visual effects and stuff, and we'll see that with the next segment we've got coming up. But uh, like uh, Ralph McQuarrie was the original uh, concept artist for most of Star Wars, and he, and he did the paintings that sold the pitch to 21st Century Fox or 20th Century at the time for uh, the original Star Wars movie. And uh, because he he brought it to life so well. So like that, there's a specific shot in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, I think, where Lando is taking the uh, the Millennium Falcon and Han's like, hey, I want her back in one piece. And he's like, yeah, I promise, buddy, I promise. And <laughs> and uh, in the background, you see that this massive beautiful background of the millennium falcon and it is it's very clearly a painting but you're okay with it because that painting is so fucking good <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I just love that like i love that they were willing to do that i love that love shit like that i mean honestly like you know as a kid i would have never noticed that it was a painting just because i was just so in awe exactly of the yeah, yeah. but i mean now well, looking back at it oh go ahead Oh, I was just gonna say you said like as a kid you wouldn't have noticed it because you were in so so in awe. I think that's the same thing for people whenever they were originally watching this. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. Is that there were so many things that were happening that they had never seen before in movies that they didn't think at the time, oh well, but this doesn't this doesn't look lifelike. Yeah. yeah. You can see yeah. them that they're clearly not flying through space. They didn't they didn't question those things because they didn't they didn't you know, they didn't know that it was gonna get to the point where we have movies now where it's just the the visual effects are real. so much further ahead. real like <laughs> yeah yeah i guess that's true all right let's uh, let's go to prequel trilogy i think we can all agree revenge of the sith yeah uh, easy, obviously yeah i mean it inspired me to break my leg i don't know what <laughs> else to do that and i'm glad that it it, it made me do that <laughs> and see, that's what's so cool about the, the, this franchise is that Revenge of the Sith is, no matter who you ask in the Star Wars fandom, an amazing movie. But for older fans, fourth, I'm thinking 1990 fans born before 1995, it'll be about fourth. And then post 1995, most most kids who were born in that era are going to say Revenge of the Sith is definitely the best movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's who just, can blame them? Who can blame them? I mean, the fight alone. I mean, I, I mean, in the you know the the infamous scene of just Anakin and Obi Wan just arguing before their fight. I mean, everyone. I mean, I don't know if everyone, but I know everyone 
fine with that. I could spit it out, you know. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. kind of ingrained in my brain forever, and I'm not sad about that. I'm very happy about that. Uh, yeah, I can't blame you at all. I, I um, Watching his descent into becoming Darth Vader is devastating, even though mm-hmm. you know it's coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like there's parts of you throughout throughout that trilogy where you're like, nah, you know, it, no, no, right, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy doesn't become Darth Vader. Little, little little Annie, he can't become Darth Vader. Yeah, little little Annie who hates the sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that, like what what movie you think is the best in like in the entire like Star Wars, you know. I don't know, like all nine movies. I think it, I would agree with what you said earlier, Colton. It just really depends on when you grow up and what you grow up, grew up with. Exactly. And like here in a second, we'll get to the sequel movies and those have their own, like they're my little brother, Griffin, his favorite movie in the sequel, his favorite movie of all time is undoubtedly rise of Skywalker. He's 10. And that, yeah. and like, that's awesome to me that like, I got to watch, introduce him to his favorite movie of all time. And it's just a later version of the movies that I loved. Yeah. Well, I think, like, because, like, the biggest, I think, gripe with the people who grew up watching, like, grew up and were amazed by the original trilogy is that the prequel trilogy, it does have some not very good dialogue. Oh, absolutely. There is some trash-ass dialogue in the prequel. There is some some bad, some, some, not, some, some bad dialogue in the movies, and people complain about that, but then at the same time, I think for, like, our generation... We grew up. We saw like the new A New Hope in the original trilogy, and they're great movies. But at the same time, we look at them from the point of view of, well, they're great movies and they're great stories. But man, this could look so much better. Exactly. Now. Yeah, it's the same thing. And then, and then we watched A Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, and then especially Revenge of the Sith. They're such visually great movies that you just can't help but watch them and be like, man, this is amazing watching the fight scene and things like that. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know of any other movie franchise, maybe Marvel, that has made me so, like, in, go, like, in-depth to a single saga of anything. Oh, no. Like, I, I will, you know, before the movies come out, I will always, like, you know, watch the theories that people think are going to happen and see who's right, see who's wrong. And and after the movie's out, see what those same people say after the movie and like the reviews and little Easter eggs and stuff that I might've missed. And it's just, I, I, I mean, I would say Marvel is the only other saga that's made me do that other than Star Wars. And see with this, uh, with this new Clone Wars season now, it, it shines a whole new light on Revenge of the Sith. And, uh, and now I can't wait to go back and watch Revenge of the Sith with this new lens that I have of it and just take it in in a whole new way. And the fact that Star Wars can evolve like that 20 years after the mm-hmm. fact is absurd. Yeah. Well, and I think also, it, especially like if you've seen the Clone Wars like TV show, it it really shines a whole new light on the entire Revenge of the Sith, even not including season oh, seven. Oh, yeah. All, all the way in the uh, earlier movies, it really does. Yeah, just because it, it shows you it shows you what happens in between the attack of the clones and then the revenge of the Sith that causes Anakin to eventually fall at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where you see all these things that happen to him throughout the Clone War series that that just leads to his eventual downfall. Yeah, you really do. And uh, we'll get to more of that later. But uh, 
Let's let's hop into the uh, sequel trilogy. You guys down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Which favorite I mean, movie there? I gotta agree with your little brother. I mean, Rise of Skywalker, I think, was just a, a fan service movie along with a great Star Wars movie. Um, I think it, it kind of fixed what The Last Jedi kind of left behind. And it was kind of like the send-off movie. And I mean, I I shed a tear, I laughed, I was, you know, goosebumps the whole movie. I mean, it was it was everything. Yeah, it was it was everything you want everything you've ever wanted from a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, like, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think, I think that a lot, like, like uh, me and a lot of us, especially, will like our our age enjoyed the Rise of Skywalker for the same reason that we enjoyed a movie like Revenge Absolutely. of Sith, Absolutely. where it was very much a like a fan service fan servicey movie where we got to see what we want to see. It was very visually pleasing, and it had. At times, some not great dialogue, but then at times, also some really great dialogue. Yeah, some really, some really great dialogue. Yeah. There were a few scenes that where yeah. the dialogue were, was really what carried it. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you see parallels in the Rise of Skywalker throughout all of the Star Wars universe. I mean, they there were so many Easter eggs in that movie. It was just so much fun to watch. Oh was, yeah, I mean, just do you? Ha- Okay. Is there any uh, certain parallel to a different part of the Star Wars saga that you that stood out to you and that you enjoyed? Ooh, shoot! I mean, that's a, that's a hard question. I mean, because there were so many Easter eggs. I did like the whole. I like Kylo's storyline in that movie the best. I think personally, I just watching him turn, you know, to the light and. And just the, the little Han Easter eggs he had, I, I think that might have been my favorite. But I, I really don't know. I, I don't know if I could say without maybe going back and watching the movie. Yeah, see, with Ben Solo, I love when he came back and he did the same no-look shot that Han did in The Force Awakens. And I love that they did the exact mm-hmm. same set of dialogue from The Force Awakens in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. That was actually probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole Star Wars universe ever when... Han came back and talked to Ben, and he was like, uh, "No, Kylo Ren is dead." Yeah, and the, I don't know if I have the strength to do uh, it. And yeah, it calls I back. Know what I know to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. <laughs> what a what a piece of art that movie was! Uh, and then he, I turn, mean, he was... turns and he chucks his lightsaber into the ocean. I was like, "King, king shit." <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and, maybe maybe you should have kept it and waited until after you defeated the bad guy. Hey, but it, it, you know, it then you the get if, if he had done that, we wouldn't have gotten the scene of them transferring exactly, the lightsaber. Exactly, so. and that's that's a great scene too. I love the part where they're like making eye contact through the force through the force dimension. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps every single time. I love it, love it. And then he gives the Han Solo the shrug. lightsaber. The shrug. The oh shrug man, that the shrug. The Jedi that Han did when he showed the he has all the Ewoks behind him. God, what a movie, man! God, that, it was I mean, such a fun, yes. fun movie. And uh, you you said that you feel like it corrects a lot of what the Last Jedi got wrong. Uh, we've been very, we've been very, uh, we spoke very highly of the Star Wars saga, but I have a feeling that this is this is the low point for a lot of people in the in the Star Wars saga. So, you guys have any complaints about the Last Jedi? 
So I guess now seeing Rise of Skywalker, a lot of the things that we were mad about in The Last Jedi were kind of resolved. And whether, whether I mean, a lot of them were planned, obviously, but some of them kind of had to be fixed, you know, right away. But I mean, I guess whenever I first saw the movie, I was very disappointed whenever I left the theater. But I guess now knowing what I know, I'm kind of a lot less disappointed in the movie, if that makes sense. It does, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll try and uh, find some examples there. So when The Last Jedi came out, we were pissed because of the lack of resolve with Snoke. Exactly. We were like, we were oh, like yeah. so what the fuck, Snoke deal? He's just dead now? That guy was supposed yeah. to be like... What, what was the point of ever yeah. having him? And, and Yeah. He was and, supposed to be yeah. Palpatine. And, and, they, and then he literally was Palpatine. So... Uh, yeah. So I guess I mean that was corrected and I I like the way they did it. I don't mind it at all. I've I actually have grown to really enjoy it. Uh mm-hmm. I kind of wish I didn't know he was going to be in Rise of Skywalker. I wish it was a massive like holy shit, yes. what the fuck is this? I wish it was the same thing as the the Luke or Vader being Luke's father where whenever that, that would have been ours. In, it undoubtedly would have been. He enters that temple on X-Men. No one no one would have Yeah. And just uh, no one knew that that was coming. That would have been epic. Epic. Yeah. I mean, it would have yeah, made like a- Snoke reveal ten times better, a hundred times better. I mean, yeah. it would just be like, okay, this guy really is everything. He really is every voice that you know a lot of people have ever heard. Inside and, your head. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's well, imagine how much more like surprising that would have been too. Because whenever he goes into Exegol. You see him like running through it initially, and you see all those like vats of yes. Snoke, of the clones of Snoke. Imagine how much weirder that would have been if you didn't know that Palpatine was who was yeah, going to be like, at the end. Wait a second, where the fuck? Like are if he's we? if he walks, yeah, if he walks through that and sees a bunch of clones of Snoke, you would be so damn confused. You wouldn't know what was going on. You'd think, well, clearly he's going like to the Sith temple, like to the Sith, Sith shrine, essentially, to figure out like what to do next. But then you get there and there's there's all these clones of Snoke and you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on? What's going on right now? And then he, you know, turns a corner and then you just, you hear the, at last. Dude, I mean, beautiful. I loved that beginning of the movie. It was a brilliant opening. And that that Kylo Ren just destroying the Sith Acolytes on on Mustafar at the beginning, Mm -hmm. just amazing. I wish they would have made it a little bit more clear in the movie that that was Mustafar, the same planet that Obi-Wan and Anakin had their fight. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah mean, I would agree. I do think the movie kind of had to be very fast-paced because of how disappointed fans were. But well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't really think it took away from the movie. If anything, I think it really just added an exciting dynamic to it. It did. It was, it. George, it was George Lucas' plaque. Classic moniker, uh, faster, higher intensity. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and I think it almost kind of had to be a little bit more fast-paced, too, because there were there was so much that they had to fit into, into this one movie that they missed out on, probably, that they would have been able to fit into the second, to the, to the Last Jedi, had the same director and, like, you know, the same director like, on. group kind of all stayed on for the entire movie instead of going... JJ and then to Ryan and then See, back and the to thing JJ. Is, though, what sucks yeah. is that it also was it wasn't originally planned to be a trilogy until they brought JJ Abrams back on. That 
the uh, the Colin Trevorrow script that was put out. You guys remember hearing about that? The original writer, mm-hmm. he uh, his his movie was the ninth movie that was leading into a tenth. So like, JJ had a task in front of him. He had less time to yeah. make a movie that summed up an entire saga, and I think he did remarkably well for uh, for what he had to do. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, another. And one thing about, oh, go ahead. I think you're about to say the same thing, possibly. Right, well, um, and the Last Jedi, we, we were all wondering about whose Ray Ray's parents were, and then mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, we. I guess we can talk about that. That's a, that's I a good combo. Uh, I was not a. I was not okay with the idea that Ray's parents were nobody. Okay. I didn't like. I I think that that was one of those things. Where they kind of, I think they did that, or they did that in the in the Last Jedi, and then they kind of also did at the end of the Last Jedi, where you see the random kid using yeah. the Force, and I think they kind of did that to try and lead down this new path where they could have these new movies of people who had no connection to the Force, and to try and get away from the whole Skywalker family and all of these previous connections that we had built up over over six movies, they tried to get away from that. And that just that wasn't what Star Wars had been up to that yes, point. Exactly. And so whenever you try and whenever you try and do that, you had a lot of people that were happy because they were thinking, oh, we can get, you know, everyone can get the Force, and you know, everyone can have their own connection with the Force. And then you you had those people that were happy about that originally, and then you had a lot of people who were Star Wars <laughs> fans. Who hated it because, in their opinion, no, it not not everyone can use the force. There are there are going to be random kids that are born that can use the force, but at the same time, you you have a connection to the force, and it's not like one day you just wake up and you're like, oh, huh, I can use the force yeah. now. Weird. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I I really did enjoy the idea that they just brought it back to Palpatine versus Skywalker, like they. That's what they needed mm-hmm. to do to finish off the entire saga, because that's that's the only logical conclusion to the entire saga. Palpatine was the orchestrator of the first six. What make? Why does it make sense? To up a whole saga with a completely new villain for the last three. Well, and I, you know, I also I think it makes sense too in the fact that, like the the entire Skywalker bloodline, outside of you know Shmi, that's, yeah, that was Shmi. her name, right? Okay. Outside of her, the entire bloodline was created by the Force to essentially kill uh, to yeah. kill Palpatine, because Palpatine had grown so powerful on the dark side and had you know twisted the 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 will of the Force to his own will so much that the Force had to counteract that, had to tip the scales back in favor of the light side, and create this whole Skywalker bloodline. So I think it was fitting that in order to finally eradicate the evil that is Palpatine you have to eradicate the Skywalkers. That's a really good way of looking at it. The yin-yang, the whole perfect symmetry, yeah. the perfect balance. You wipe out you wipe yeah. out uh, Palpatine. Most of the Skywalkers go down, but we still got Ray Palpatine Skywalker standing. Yeah, that's the only thing left of it. And she she's a Palpatine by blood, but then a Skywalker by you know name, I guess, because she she's the yeah. light side that, I mean, I guess counteracts the, the evil that is Palpatine and or that is, yeah, Sidious in the Palpatine. That is a very line. poetic, poetic oh, yeah. uh, death for Palpatine as well to be killed by his own granddaughter when he was so focused on the Skywalkers all these years. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do think, you know, everyone always talks about how great Rise of Skywalker is and just kind of how it had to fix The Last Jedi. But I really do think an underrated movie in the sequels is, is The Force Awakens. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really think it really gets a lot of the talk that that it, it kind of deserves and how it set up a lot of this stuff. And, and right off the bat, we start following Rey. We have no idea about any, you know, anything about her, but we know... Yeah, we know in the Star Wars universe that if we're following they a person, important. that they are very, very special. Yeah, yes. So, yeah. And I go really... Ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. You were talking. You were talking. I mean, I really do think it was it was a great movie because it, it, it kind of showed a whole new aspect of Star Wars that we weren't expecting at all. Um, and I I really love, you know, that, that we were so clueless about Rey... And that her 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 storyline was kind of similar to Anakin, how they were kind of in a slavery of sorts, and you know they they kind of broke out and they became a Jedi at a point. And I don't know, I I really, I mean, The Force Awakens is not a bad oh, movie. To me. I I really enjoy the it. The Force Awakens is probably, in my opinion, critically the best of the the sequel trilogy because it's it's just a uh, yeah a new a new version of a new hope. And uh, I think it's, I think it has a lot of uh, parallels to a new hope in terms of their storylines and how they progress. And the, the storyline of Ray herself, not wanting to leave the, uh, not wanting to leave the planet. She's got things to do. Da, 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 da. And uh, I just, I really enjoyed the force awakens, especially Han Solo's uh, his, it, it gave his whole, whole arc in the original trilogy more meaning. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I think I would agree with because, that. Because I mean, trilogy Han Solo was just kind of the everyman, you know. He was kind of there, so all of us would be like, "Oh yeah, I like that guy. We relate to him the most because he doesn't know what the <laughs> fuck's going on," you know? Yeah, he's like, "What the what the fuck is all this? Is all this exactly, Jedi? Shit? Exactly. That's you have a you have a a, a toy that that shoots light out of it. Like, exactly. why do I care? And then, and then he has this son who is another another anakin skywalker essentially <laughs> yeah yeah man well and you you guys were kind of talking about the force awakens and i think that um like we've kind of talked about this before but the fact that like the force awakens it also leads into the fact that uh, there might be more movies based off of this whole awakening in the force because the you know since you know outside of luke and ben and then all of the you know, Jedi's that I guess Luke was maybe training, but it never really talks yeah. about them. There, there really, there is no more Force in the galaxy anymore, outside of Rey. Yeah. So, at this uh, point, and then that that yeah, random. So what kid. I'm thinking, my theory about this is, with the first movie being The Force Awakens, I think uh, the key to The Force Awakening, or what I think is that it's not just the force awakening within Ray. It's the force awakening around the galaxy. We're going to, we're going to have enough force wielding yeah. people to build up another order. I did once upon a Cool. Palpatine's entire mission was to destroy the Jedi and have the dark side of the force reigning no matter what. Then his granddaughter is the one who tears that all down. And is yeah, and is probably and then the one the one she's the one who's responsible for Jedi. awakening the force and the rest of the galaxy. And that's what's so cool is that yeah. she revived the light side of the force, even though she comes from a bloodline that is 
inherently the dark of all time. Yeah. Decidedly yeah. not the light side. You know, this is kind of a side point, but I just want to say, like, how did no one expect Palpatine to be the person he is? Like, you know, Jedi's can always sense when there's evil around them. And, you know, they work with the senator all the time. And they just never once were like, hmm, I kind of sense a little evil around in this well, room. Well, that's the thing is that yeah. Mace, Windu, Mace Windu says that in Revenge of the Sith. He goes, the uh, the dark side, or like uh, the dark side clouds the Chancellor. Like, yo, you've known this. Yeah. I mean. Well, and I think the whole, the whole thing is, is that like, it, it, obviously it's you know technically non-canon now but it kind of talks about it with like uh with Plagueis being his his master and all that stuff is for for thousands of years the Sith have kind of been hiding in in the darkness and in the background of of the galaxy to try and just kind of continuously build up power and once Palpatine gets there they they have this kind of power base and he's learned so much and is so powerful I think in the dark side that he can kind of kind of put a shot like a shadow around him to kind of hide how how powerful he is in the force so he can just kind of he can just kind of feign ignorance and just be like oh i don't i don't know what you're talking about yeah because they can't yeah without without proof they can't just be like hey there's there's a cloud of the dark side around you you clearly must be the sith lord they can't just they can't just go based off of that they kind of have to have proof before they you know go into the senate and arrest yeah. arrest the you know the head yeah, of the senate perfect. i guess it's just kind of like a, a batman sort of thing like you know like come on it's it's he's a billionaire that is part yeah. of you know a tech a, a super high t- like technology company that like come on he'd be the first person <laughs> I guess, you know but I, yeah i, like, I think yeah. it's one of those whole things in movies where obviously from our point of view it's pretty clear yeah. who ends up being palpatine <laughs> who ends up being darth Sidious. yeah it makes sense and watching like the Clone Wars, like it almost makes you scream at them. Like, how do you like not he goes that. against your guys' opinion every time? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I just I think it's well, just or, hilarious. Or in the whole um, the uh, the kind of storyline in the Clone Wars where they kind of where the Jedi Order almost finds out mm-hmm. about Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. Like they have clones telling them like, hey. Palpatine literally told me that he was going to kill the Jedi Order. <laughs> well, yeah, but did he, though? You know, sure, you're telling us that he said he was going to destroy the Jedi Order, and we already have our suspicions because we see a cloud of the dark side around him. But it it could be anyone. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> of the Jedi, man. It's the subject of the entire prequel trilogy. It's yeah. the subject of The Last Jedi from Luke's perspective. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of like what the Jedi Order used to be is the reason the entire Star Wars saga takes place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a good point is that they're... And I guess it, it does talk about that a little in the... I think in the prequels where, where Yoda just kind of says that, that uh, there's kind of a a cloud of the dark side, the dark side has clouded their, their judgment and their ability to their ability to see who, who is the evil. So I guess it, it it does kind of talk about why they don't, why they can't really see that. Yeah. I, uh, it's just because I think, you know, he, uh, he could, he could do that. He could, the, the Jedi's judgment, I guess. 
Yeah. And I, and I guess they were also like, they both had their judgment clouded. And at that point there was, you know, they were so like arrogant, I guess. And they just didn't, they didn't really worry. Which you guys are kind of, you're kind of proving a point that I definitely want to talk about later, but I don't want to bring it up right now because it'll spark a lot of con. All right, well, then we'll, we'll talk about it later. I'm very <laughs> excited. Move on to the favorite character design. I'm ready. All right, so you guys know me as a uh, very big fan of the visual arts and such. And uh, I, I, love, I love Star Wars because they have some of the most original characters in the history of movies or television or anything so uh i want to hear your favorite characters to look at uh not necessarily your favorite characters period but from uh from across the uh saga anywhere animated series prequel original anything who are your favorite star wars characters to look at now if i'm thinking with my penis it's pretty obvious you know it's it's padme it's Leia, it's Ray. I mean that as it's you know just that's that's with my penis. That I'll, I'll just throw that out there. But if I'm going the big the big three is there. Yeah, if I'm going straight from a visual standpoint, and you want to get the characters' message across by just looking at them, I think I it's Darth Maul. And I I don't know. I mean, you just know that dude is evil by looking at him. He never has a smile on his face unless it's a, unless it's a mm-hmm. grin that he knows he's about to destroy whoever's in front of him. Yeah. And especially him in the Clone Wars, like him and his brother, just their whole – Yeah, the spider boy. Oh, my gosh. Like he is the most scary character I, I think is in the whole Star Wars universe, I, in uh, my opinion. I, I, I separated Looking. this in the prequel series and animated and for prequel i also had darth maul and uh i'm gonna make a point that i bring up whenever mm-hmm. i talk about this it's that uh like in 1999 when the phantom menace was coming out they needed a new villain because in, in all of star wars they'd release mm-hmm. as that you saw and you knew that was star wars so they needed to design a new character that portrayed this was talking about and was just Star Wars and somehow you look that's a Star Wars character like it just has to be oh yeah I, t- I totally agree yeah I-, I mean I'm trying to think of the originals of who I but man I, I don't know I just- Miles let's let's I want to yeah. hear from you uh, so I think I think for the prequel, um, I would definitely go with. Uh, pro- I mean, I agree a hundred percent, Maul. Um, but I also Grievous. think uh, Grievous. The, yeah, freaking you know, Android or yeah, whatever you want to call him, dude. That you know, with the spinning lightsabers, running it. Uh, uh, yeah, running it. Obi Wan, just a great was looking, a beautiful, character. beautiful character design, and he was yeah. so ugly, so ugly. God, he was disgusting. Yeah, but it was so cool because, like, that guy was like a human once upon a time. I'm pretty sure, or like whatever version of it, whatever version. Well, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he was like an. Yeah, he was like some type of alien, and they have like they have forearms, so that's why he like he can use the like multiple robotic arm thing, and it's not super weird for him. But then also, he was like some like 
he was like a mercenary captain or something like that, and like was the head of like a rebel group for like whatever race alien race he was, and then like Palpatine, and then the the uh, like merchant guild or whatever, the banking clans and all that stuff wanted wanted him to come Separatist. fight for the uh, the separatists, and he was like, no, I'm gonna stay with my people. So they literally just uh, like blew up his ship full of other like other rebels with him like other of more of his people that were with him they blew up his ship came captured his like very close to death body and turned him into a robot and we're like yeah by the way now you have to do what we say (laughs) and that's why like he like his character is full of so much hatred his voice is so weird and specific too he sounds like he's a he's a smoker of 42 years and (laughs) And he's just angry all the time. Yeah, definitely would not want to be. That I mean, he's guy. just an, he's just eyeballs and a stack <laughs> of organs inside of a giant robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. We that way. It also makes it great because you always see him like in the movies and in the animated series. Like every single time he talks, he says like two words, coughs a bunch, and then says a few more words. Yeah. It, yeah, he just he coughs a bunch and then he you know keeps on going. You know they don't ever talk about. It. You're like, why the fuck does this dude <laughs> cough so much? <laughs> All right, uh, original trilogy. You know, I, I, yeah, I think I'm gonna throw a curveball here. I just thought about him and I really appreciate him and I like Chewbacca. Chewbacca's character design <laughs> is under. Like, I'm not kidding. I think it's yeah, awesome. it's it, it it goes kind of overlooked. Think, you know, I'm, he's just this big fuzzy guy and. He he feels like he's playful and he's fun, but he also looks like he may rip your face off. And I think that's that's a very delicate balance yeah. there. And somehow they figured it out. And I think a lot of that can be owed to uh, uh, the man behind the costume, Peter Mayhew, in the uh, original trilogy. He portrays this playfulness and his movements and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, the character design had to be there as well. If you... Uh, if you look at a uh, comic book versions of Chewbacca from the original Star Wars, like uh, comics that they put out in 1977, <laughs> it looks terrible. Like there, it was just not a good version of Chewbacca because they tried to change it up. They went with like a bear face. He looked a, b- a little bit more like an ape, and like, but that's not what Chewbacca is. He's more like a bear type dude, you know. And you like you like that about him. It's fun. Yeah. He's, exactly. He's like he's like Bigfoot. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And saying Chewbacca might have it might make me change my answer to the Ewoks. I <laughs> I was just thinking whenever you said Chewbacca, I was just thinking about how great the uh, the like I love design the of the Ewoks were. I mean, they're so cute. Yeah, they're so cute. well. So thinking about I just want to- thinking about the Ewoks that kind of leads me into my answer, and that I was going to say uh, Jungle Jungle Moon of Endor yeah. uh, of Leia. Strong, strong character true. design. I love the long, a great, long hair you know, with the like flowers in it and the dress and stuff. Very, very good look for Leia. Yeah, uh, personally, probably my favorite of the entire saga, mm-hmm. or, or for or for anybody that, uh, in terms of just a human rocking their shit, it's probably the coolest. Uh, I also like uh, Luke mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi in the all black. I like uh, Anakin Episode Three. That's strong. Uh, I I don't really consider uh, yeah. humans when I'm talking yeah. about character design because there's just so much more in Star Wars. Uh, 
but yeah. yeah, those those three specifically: Leia in the jungle, Luke in his all black, and Anakin in his mostly black in Revenge of the Sith. Those are those are three of my favorites. Oh, also, how did we not talk about uh, for the original trilogy? Just, oh, I, I mean, Darth Vader. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I was going to get to him. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. Darth Vader. Like I said earlier with Darth Maul, they had to capture this evil uh, that Darth Vader set a standard for. You know, <laughs> like Darth Vader being the most menacing looking motherfucker on the planet. He's this big, bad man in black. He's here to kill your ass. Like that's that is his purpose. Okay, uh, and, and they portrayed that in the way he looks. He, the one of the more menacing characters you could ever see. Oh yeah, I mean, arguably the most recognizable character oh, in movie history, the most iconic as well uh, character design ever. Everybody knows Darth Vader. Everybody knows what Darth Vader looks like. Yeah. Man, and I'm trying to think about the sequels, and I just can't the remember her name. But it was Poe Dameron. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm That's kind of okay. skipping ahead, ahead here. But I just can't remember her name. It's Poe Dameron's like kind of Zori distant friend that she, that he meets. Zori Bliss. She, yeah. Her character yeah. design like is she is just kind of in Rise of Skywalker. That she looks bad. So yeah. cool. She looks bad. I just kind of want to build one, you know. I mean, thinking back on, I mean, how, yeah, I I don't really talk about her that much because she wasn't really yeah, a big part of the movie. A, uh, she is a a perfect character design. Immediately, she puts off this like that's what's important to me is the side characters have to feel like they're Star Wars characters, you know. Like I I had this problem in the Mandalorian in the very first episode with the blue guy who just straight up talks like a human. The, you you remember that he's the, he's the first guy that Mando goes after, and he's just he's like, oh man, I'm blue guy, but I just kind of talk like this, and that a little, and I, I just it felt weird. It felt like Star Trek or something. Like it just didn't feel like what Star Wars typically does, you know? Because like it, all, most aliens speak their own little alien language, so it would it just made sense to me that that guy would have been saying something other than, oh well, just a guy who's talking. My real life name is Horace. Uh- Okay, I know what you're. I know what you're talking. I I couldn't remember what yeah, you were talking about. It was the very first guy Mando about. goes after in the very the, beginning like, of the first episode. Yeah, but, yeah, he's like a yeah, blue but, like uh, fish I'll get back guy. To Zori now, the thing about that is that like she just feels so Star Wars. You immediately look at her and you go, "This is a person who belongs on this planet mm-hmm. specifically and belongs in this story." And I think that's really cool for them to capture, like even the the planet by planet. Uh, sort of vibe that they will give each character because every planet has its own little look and every every uh, planet's creatures have to has to coincide with it you know oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i do i'm kind of thinking like just how the character design for every bad guy or people who are on the side of the sith are always and they're all and they're all great. so unique like the knights of Ren. They're all yeah. so unique. like count oh Kuku, yeah like Knights Count of Duke Ren looks like nobody. Oh, like nobody oh. ever looks like Count Dooku with his that's like ass chain around that's connecting his cape. Like what? His curved his curved lightsaber handle. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
No one was as messed no, up as that's, Snoke that's was. That's my sequel trilogy. You know? That's my yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is, I mean, in the... In, in the, yeah, in the sequel, zombie Snoke Palpatine and then, uh, like, Zombie Palpatine. Perfect. Ooh. I, I, Dang. Yeah, Palpatine was... Man, I don't even know how to describe him. I mean, it was just a disgusting... And those and those ball white sack, I guess. I don't I don't know. I mean killer. Killer. And then I love mm-hmm. his character design even when he took the life force out of uh Kylo and Ray and then he all of a sudden got a uh, a, a wardrobe change. Yeah. That was pretty dope. That was I pretty really like that. But like Snow I mean, character design in The Last Jedi with and- like the gold satin robe, just too cool too cool to not be my favorite here and he was mm-hmm. just so perfectly ugly a lot like general grievous like he was exactly what you wanted i don't know how to explain that either like it's just like he is a star wars mm-hmm. villain and it makes sense why does every bad guy have to be ugly well, kylo ren because i i think it's one of those things where kylo ren's not okay well yeah well, but he's not. He, he ends up being a good Darth guy. Darth Vader. Darth Vader was ugly. That's why he's allowed to look good. But that was because he got mutilated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Anakin wasn't. Yeah, every bad guy just kind of takes the L on the looks, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, I think it's a lot of them. I mean, it's you know the whole like the Sith, like it corrupts you. I guess you could make that argument. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's just kind of easy to see the ugly people as that's true, the bad and that as well. So. Well, and as we all knew, as we all know, ugly people <laughs> are uh, evil. So. It is mostly just Sith villains, though, because I'm thinking the like, uh, like uh, even Asajj Ventress, like for her, like for whatever she was, like that wasn't an ugly character necessarily. Like that was just, it was just weird. But like it was, no, it, yeah. it wasn't ugly necessarily. Uh, and then uh, I'm trying to think, and the Mandalorian, Moff Gideon, that's not an ugly dude. He's just, he's just this hard. That's true. And uh, I, I I don't know I like I like Moff Gideon a lot too that was a good, that's a good one yeah yeah I guess you're right I would tap Ventress you know <laughs> I think I I think I would if I if I were given the choice maybe you know you dig you dig that bald alien look you know I mean sometimes you're that desperate and it it, it might just, it might just come to that point what about uh what about from the Mandalorian <laughs> do you guys have a favorite a uh, favorite character design in that. Is it Mandalorian? Come on. There's there's only one answer that's allowed. Baby, Baby Yoda? A pimp. Yeah, obviously. Duh. I mean, the merch, the cuteness. I mean, he's just so cute. Like, you could eat him. You could eat Baby Yoda. He, I don't know. I think I he would think just he taste really good chocolate. because of how cute he is. <laughs> I think... I think if Baby Yoda wasn't a character, the Mandalorian still would have done okay. But I think about I half of agree. the Mandalorian success Yoda is due to Baby Yoda. Phenomenon in any Star Wars media ever, like since Yoda. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy that he still doesn't have a name, and the community just gave him this name of Baby Yoda, and everyone immediately. Not even the community gave him. Everyone just said Baby Yoda in their mind. Immediately. Like, right. Well, yeah, because the only, the, yeah, well, because the only, the only other, like, big character that is of that race was Yoda. And the only other, we don't know the name of that race. And Yaddle was very brief. 
there, there are, uh, yeah. uh, never mind. I'll, I'll yeah. bring that up later. Uh, do you guys think, uh, the armorer is me- is worthy of this conversation. I think she is. I love Ooh, the armorer's I, character design. I yeah, think she, okay. she has one of the coolest uh, the coolest Mandalorian looks I've ever seen. I guess whenever you first saw her, you were definitely like, okay, she's important to the Mandalorian. Like she yeah, she's a absolutely. critical. Person. I hope we get to see her in season two. Also, what about uh, the one dude from the planet where spoken. he finds Baby Yoda? The one that always says, I yeah, have Nick Nolte. Very true. He was badass. Yeah, rest in peace. Oh, yeah. He has spoken, you know. I mean, I what else spoken. can he say? I mean, the dude is just, yeah, he, he's he a badass. A he's like the old wise person. Oh, yeah. IG-11. Also, the, uh, the robot. Oh, that guy was yeah, IG-11. seeing him in action was Mando, one of the most fun, the uh, battle sequences I've ever seen. Whenever he's just taking everybody out, spinning his arms all the way around his body. And then when he's carrying Baby Yoda on the speeder, <laughs> he's just taking everybody out on the sides. So cool. IG-11 was an MVP in Mandalorian. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I love the fact that he's both, like, carrying Baby Yoda, but then also just, like, spinning around and, like, blasting people all over the place while Baby Yoda's in Amazing, I love it. Ah. (laughs) Oh, I would. I'd let Baby Yoda kill me. Homie's horse choking me like he did (laughs) Cara Dune. It's over for me. That's okay. Like, imagine that being on your headstone. Killed by Baby Yoda. Wow. Yes, that's absolutely. that is a life well lived and well died. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I thought <laughs> I'd just a, throw it out animated, there. Uh, Rebel, <laughs> Clone Wars, Resist- or Clone Wars, though you got a favorite favorite. I do like oh. Ahsoka, just because yeah. of how, like, she kind of always says what the fans would say. In, in the show. Mm-hmm. And I really, I mean, I like her story arc and her, like, her looks as well. I, I, I like everything about favorite. Ahsoka. Well, she, she does what every, she does what every fan wants to do and constantly calls, calls, calls Anakin out on his bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it calls everyone out, but I think, like, as a fan, whenever you're watching, especially Anakin, you're always just like, yeah, hey, Ahsoka's, Ahsoka's quit being perfect. such an idiot. Mm-hmm. And Ahsoka's always there at the time that you think that's the perfect like, hey, character for uh, to idiot. be Anakin's uh, underling, you know, to be the, uh, the Padawan. Jesus, I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Yeah. Before. Yeah, well, because, I mean, they're they're both yeah, so and, similar uh, and they learn so much from movie, each other. He's like, Ahsoka will bring Anakin something they... that he desperately needs in his journey. Like, and I think I think if there was anyone besides yeah. Luke... Who could have gotten through to Anakin and brought him back? It might have been Ahsoka. I don't think there's anybody else. I don't even think Padme could have gotten to Anakin the way Ahsoka could have. Well, we saw what happened to Padme. So, well, we also saw yeah, what happens yeah. to Ahsoka Padme in Clone know. Wars, but he was a little bit further gone. Yeah, I think. I yeah, I think if if Ahsoka, you know, had never gotten you know, kicked out and everything and then was still there. I don't think that uh, that Anakin would have been so easy to uh, 
yeah, to sway as he was for the for the emperor because of the fact that I mean, uh, I can't remember what it was, but Anakin at one point said, you know, everyone I everyone either yeah uh, exactly brings me down or leaves me. And I think you know, if, if from Anakin's point of view, at that point, the Jedi Order was just trying to hold him back and tear him down, and you know, because that was whenever he was about yeah. to you know choke out uh, Padme, right? Mm-hmm. And I think at that point was whenever uh, he saw Obi Wan, and so he was assuming, you know, now Padme. the Jedi Order is trying to hold me back and tear me down, and then the two other people outside of that that I had the biggest yeah. connection with, Padme and Ahsoka, have both left me. So what is there left for me at this point other than yeah, turning I, uh, to the last person in my life, which it's, is Palpatine. It's funny, in the uh, Clone Wars movie, there's a moment where Obi-Wan, or maybe not the Clone Wars movie, but early on in the Clone Wars, uh, there's a moment with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka all uh, all together, and Obi- Obi-Wan goes, as long as we all stick together, we'll be all right. And uh, you guys haven't watched season seven of Clone Wars yet, but you know Anakin and Obi-Wan places when all that's going down ahsoka's also in a separate obviously and that and then i feel like there's a little bit of a symbolism there yeah. that, like the fact that they were they were separate is why they weren't as powerful enough to stop anakin's to the dark side yeah man poor anakin you know he just he, you know he got out of slavery he's expecting to be part of this awesome club and then everyone was just like Nah, you're too old. We don't really care. And then they're like, all right, you know what? His midichlorian count's kind of high. We'll let him in. He's probably powerful and stuff. So, And then we're just like, no, well, we don't really care. And they just let him fall. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another thing. Like, we were talking about how arrogant the Jedi Order was before that. Like, they were so stuck in their ways and not wanting to let Anakin be a master Mm -hmm. uh, that that was part of the reason why he was – why Palpatine – had such a big influence over them him whenever palpatine like kind of forced anakin's way onto the council i think if they had said well you're on the council you're a you're a jedi master now mm-hmm. that's another point where i don't i don't think he falls to palpatine i, I he, agree you know, i this conversation into favorite overall story arc and we can start with anakin since we're already diving deep into it all right oh yeah i mean the yeah. whole movies are about anakin and i think like, if you don't say Anakin is one of the oh, best Anakin, story arcs, Anakin then you just don't the, like Star Wars. Story arc. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the point of the first six movies. I, uh, I, lo- I love watching mm-hmm. it. And, and the Clone Wars I mean, just shines a whole new angle on his entire story for me. Because, you know, you watch the movies and you go, man, Anakin, it didn't seem like it took yeah. a ton for you to slip, man. Like, your, your, mom, your mom died, and I, I, I get that. Like, that, that is definitely rough. And then you murdered all the people that were living in the village where she was dying. <laughs> and and then Padme was just like, I, I love you. It's okay. <laughs> you murdered, you murdered all the women and children, but you know what? Yeah. You. That's cool. They're monsters anyway. And, and like, that's just shitty. Like, <laughs> that's just shitty. Like, and see, and that's an example of a point in which yeah. Anakin's, uh, uh, aggressive nature was fed into with a an example of it being okay. Like the first time he committed mass murder, the first, Padme was there to go. It's okay, honey. Like that's <laughs> that's why 
I think that's a that's a big part of it. Like it can't be overlooked. <laughs> it, Anakin, uh, Anakin, just, yeah. He fuck. He had a lot of shit that fucked him over, but he fucked up a lot. <laughs> like that's 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 got to be it's got to be noted. And I think Anakin is uh, definitely the most intriguing and the best character in the Star Wars universe. First, in terms of story. Yeah, but I also think you were kind of talking about how it, it, or Padme just being like, no, it's okay, honey, like fed into it. I also think had she been like, no, get away from me, you just got done murdering a bunch of people. I, don't, uh, yeah, I also don't think I don't that think Anakin would have taken that, that very well. well. There had to have been some sort of middle ground where she was like, hey, like, don't commit mass murder anymore. Been like, it's okay, you lost your... Yeah, you lost your mother, but maybe next time yeah. don't kill all the women and children, specifically yeah, yeah, children. Specifically children. Uh, just gonna foreshadow that. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many of them. What are we Those going poor to kids. do? Master, Master. Oh god, what the fuck? Oh man. <laughs> Yo, poor kid. Master Anakin, why are you pulling a, your lightsaber? I'm hoping we get an alternate view of that scene here in the Clone Wars finale. Today, well, I, I, there, oh, there's, if, no, you guys haven't watched season. I seven mean, yet. there's a lot actually, of yeah, points with Revenge of the Sith in these last couple episodes. Hoping that's like a part of it is like him in the Jedi Temple. I hope they just reanimated again, just for just for shits and giggles. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm okay with seeing you know younglings die again. I mean. We all know it's coming. Might as well get an animated of it. Might as well get a newer, better angle of it. <laughs> you know, maybe they show him swinging this time. You God, know, maybe, so maybe a couple kids just go, so you know, in half. About so, oh, no. Maybe, maybe we see kids. a... Because, like, I can, I can imagine movie Anakin doing that. Because, like, that guy was straight up, like, kind of a pussy, kind of annoying. But Clone yeah. Wars Anakin is, like... Is like straight up the man. Like that guy is is the guy. I cannot imagine him. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll see a few younglings' heads roll. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. oh my god. Yeah. What? There's another. There's another Let's move on. Here. I love. I love <laughs> What's your other story art? I love Palpatine. Palpatine, the shit. Palpatine, one hundred percent. This, yeah. Like, come on, this boy, he manipulates one through everything. Nine. And when I mean everything, I mean everything. Yeah, literally everything from the very start yeah. until the very end. He's completed yeah. everything. He hasn't failed until he died. I mean, come on. And you know, it's also kind of like he unknowingly manipulated Anakin to even being part of the Jedi Order. You know, I don't know if that's really a manipulation. Okay, I really think Palpatine really had the know about Anakin from the very start. If if I'm being honest, I really think that either Palpatine had, you know, either it was the yin-yang kind of thing about the Force needing such a strong Jedi to combat the Sith, or... Palpatine kind of pushing that baby to be born. If he was involved in that, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, just to show how even more involved he is. Um, obviously, that's kind of out there, but 
I just I don't know. I, I'm not evil, but I really just love how Palpatine has a oh, has a hold too. on that makes him, everything that makes him in a the universe. Super compelling yeah. villain. Because we've we there aren't many other examples of franchises oh. where we see a villain with such power over everything. Like just an all encompassing godly sort of omnipresence where he knows all that is happening and is planning for everything but it's somehow still feasibly stoppable yeah and that's just so i mean that it's such a strange dynamic that they struck up with this character because like like any other star wars character he has to be able to be stopped because it's it's a movie and stuff but there shouldn't be a way to stop palpatine (laughs) Well, I think it. I think it kind of falls into the same thing of like the Jedi Order, where they had they they were so strong and had so much power to be able to see what was going to happen that they kind of got into their own arrogance, where they thought, "Oh, well, you know, nothing's going to happen to the Jedi Order. It's just it's gonna it's just gonna be here forever." And so I think maybe Palpatine fell into the same trap where he just he couldn't see how how strong you know Anakin was getting or Vader was getting and how strong the pull on Vader was of Luke and those memories of, you know, whenever he wasn't an asshole. Yeah. All those memories that he had, I think he just kind of was arrogant to how strong that, that pull to the light side could be. And so, you know, at that final moment where Palpatine is getting ready to kill Luke, he, he assumes Anakin's, you know, Vader's loyal to me. Vader's yeah. just going to sit by and watch as I kill his son. Yeah, but that's... Vader doesn't. I mean, what a guy. Like, we he's need that guy. 18 years. He's been through everything. Like, I don't... We need that Revenge of the I know, New 100%. Yeah. patch of Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine's relationship. Yeah. Well, I just really want to see... Darth Vader in you know twenty twenty oh, okay. animation and time. graphics fighting people. Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, constant nut. I, I mean, I, I might. I want to see maybe. I want to see Vader tracking down and like hunting and you know tracking down uh, you know other Jedi and you know fighting who has an just, underrated storyline. You know, we haven't them. really uh, we haven't yeah. really given the thought to. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. He's got a he's got a good one on him. You know, he uh we, we get to see him, we see him fall in love with Duchess Satine. We uh we see him take a Padawan with Anakin, we see uh we see his time as a Padawan with Qui-Gon Jinn, and uh we don't get that full of a story with anyone else besides Anakin, I don't think, in terms of full full uh Padawan to death cycle. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I think that's cool. We uh he really went through a whole lot, a whole lot of stuff. You know, he uh, he witnessed his master get struck down by Darth Maul, the same guy who later kills his love. So that's got to take a toll on him. And, you know, what's important to highlight is that he doesn't get the dip that Anakin does. Anakin, yeah. Anakin, you know, his mom dies. He feels like other people have left him. And it, it, it makes him quiet. He... He takes a takes a dip into the dark side, but Obi Wan he he stays steadfast with the Force. He trusts that this is the path for him. He knows that 
you know, uh, my master died, the love of my life has died, but at least I have the force, you know, like that's like, he didn't look at it as an avenue to gain power. He looked at it as part of part of him that just is always there and will always be there. It's something he, he has a privilege to possess, not something he feels like he can take advantage of. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Oh, go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, I think that a big difference, you know, as you kind of said, Colton, between their two story arcs is the fact that uh, Anakin, whenever he, you know, he falls in love and ends up leading the double life, like being married to Padme, but also being a Jedi that directly conflict with each other. Um, I think that Anakin, eventually, he loses that faith in the in the Jedi Order that he once has, and that's what leads to his fall. Whereas Obi-Wan, no matter all these things that happen, he watches his master die. He watches the love of his life that he chose the Jedi order over. And I, and I think, you know, it kind of shows it in the, in the Clone Wars movie. It seems like to an extent he, re- he regrets it. He wished that he wasn't, he, that he wasn't a Jedi. So he could be with Satine. Yeah. It kinda, and I think that, go ahead. Oh, you go, you go ahead. Well, it's just, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin's dichotomy there is very important because Anakin mm-hmm. Anakin's fall is not without Obi-Wan's just existence. Like Obi-Wan yeah. being there for him is why Anakin eventually slid to the dark side. It, it it starts with it starts with Obi-Wan taking him as an apprentice when he probably wasn't quite ready as ready to take a Padawan. He he uh, Qui-Gon, his dying wish was, "Hey, train this boy." even though that might've been one of the scenarios in which Qui-Gon was wrong to do that. He, he probably shouldn't have passed him off onto, onto Obi-Wan. It probably should have been Yoda or something like that. But uh, Obi-Wan, I, I, he says it in episode four, he feels like he's kind of responsible for, uh, for some of the stuff that's taken place. He, he even uh, helped train. He says, I helped train Darth Vader. Like, like he, he, he notes that he yeah. did these things. Like he's like, I, uh, I fucked up. I've, I've done some shit that were mistakes. And what sucks is like, they were the right call. Like I, I genuinely think most of the time Obi Wan made the decisions based upon mm-hmm. his moral compass, and that's, that's where he, he's just better than Anakin as a Jedi in that, and yeah, that extent. And I think that's important. Well, he, he kind of, he always keeps his faith in the Jedi Order and in their rules whereas anakin kind of is always struggling to fully accept the jedi order and what it means to be a jedi and and see you, know, you had said that you weren't that you weren't sure if uh if obi-wan was r- truly ready to be a uh to be the uh, uh anakin's you know master or whatever and i you know i would agree i don't think he was but i also think that uh Qui-Gon didn't really have a choice in in telling Obi-Wan like hey my dying wish you you need to you need to make you need to have Anakin be your apprentice because without Obi-Wan saying I'll take him on as my apprentice I don't think Anakin becomes a Jedi. In the slightest. That's a fair that's a fair point because if uh, if Obi-Wan's not willing to take on Anakin then what's the point of the Jedi order even taking Anakin in anymore? I get what you're saying. That's yeah. a fair, that's a very fair. Well, point. that and also because of the fact that like the only reason that they originally even gave thought to taking him in was because of Qui-Gon vouching for him and saying, I'll take him on as my apprentice. Yeah. Where before that, you know, Yoda pretty much outright said like, no, he's not going to be part of the Jedi order. 
And the only reason that he even became an apprentice was because of the fact that Qui-Gon was like, no, I'm, I'm going to, he's going to be my apprentice and there's nothing you can say about it. What's that? I'm a, I'm a master. You can't stop me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And you know, what's also uh, another interesting storyline that uh, is specifically interesting in the prequels for me is Yoda's storyline. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. in the original trilogy, he plays the, uh, he plays the mentor to Luke and he, he, kind of repeats what uh obi-wan did except he doesn't sacrifice himself at the end he just he trains him and then he dies dies in front of luke and it's a it's a good moment but uh in the prequels they show yoda as a guy who made a shit ton of mistakes he did not like the the uh general general yoda uh not not the right position for him that guy is just all peacekeeper, man. He yeah. He can't be he can't be guiding a war. Like that's just not fair. Like to put him in that position in the first place. <laughs> well, I think I think Anakin was really the only the only Jedi that was truly well fit for leading a war, and that's I think also part of the reason why he never really fit in as a Jedi. Exactly. He was a different kind of force wielder. Like yeah, it's it, because he, he didn't abide. He was more like Ahsoka. They didn't they didn't appreciate the Jedi yeah. rules and stuff. More like Qui Gon, even like that's. Yeah, he he thought that there were certain things that that in order to gain victory you needed to do, and the, that didn't really fit in with the Jedi's goal as peacekeepers. And that's because they were peacekeepers, not generals. That adds another dimension as to why it's so interesting that Obi Wan ended the ended up the way he did because like. Yoda took Count Dooku as an apprentice. Count Dooku took Qui-Gon as an apprentice. And then Qui-Gon took uh, Obi-Wan as an apprentice. You got a line here of Yoda, one of the wisest Force users there's ever been. Count yeah. Dooku, a guy who clearly had very little regard for the Jedi rules. And then, uh, and then Qui-Gon, a guy who didn't, didn't hold the Jedi Order in such high esteem, but preferred that a jedi act on his or her own moral compass you know and Mm -hmm. and obi-wan did get that from him but he abided so much more by uh code than any of the people who came before him did and it could be argued that it is because of what count dooku did that obi-wan never went too crazy you know yeah well and i think count dooku i mean he did he i think he agreed with the Jedi. He followed the Jedi rules up until a point whenever he kind of reached that same point as like Qui-Gon where he realized that there were things wrong with the order. Exactly. That, that's but he I went mean. about, he went about fixing them in different ways where, you know, uh, Dooku ended up, you know, becoming a Sith. But I think Dooku's reason for becoming a Sith was because he, he in, in a way almost wanted to cleanse. Yeah. He wanted to fix and cleanse the Jedi order. And Qui-Gon just decided, well, I'm still going to stay in the Jedi Order, but I'm just kind of going to do my, things my own way. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I love Qui-Gon's character for that as well. Uh, Joseph, what are your thoughts yeah. on this? We haven't heard from you in a sec. You know, every time I just see Obi-Wan, I just see him as a, just a nice guy, the guy who just, no matter what happens to him, he always you know, doesn't put his feelings in front. And the only time that he's mm-hmm. really done that was whenever Duchess Satine was killed in front of him, and and he saw you know Death Maul right or Darth not Death Maul Darth Maul right in front of him, and I mean he was close to a breaking point almost, and you just saw like the him, and then and then just all of a sudden you saw him like 
was so, turned so disappointed that he couldn't really do what he wanted to do, and he had to like control himself. And I, I do, I do just think Obi Wan is one of the most controlled Jedi, you know, in the in the whole saga. Oh, he is I mean, a, yeah. he is the Jedi. Like, if there is an image of what a Jedi by the Jedi Order's definition was supposed to be, it was Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, completely agree. Well, and I think I think the only other time there are two times where we see Obi Wan kind of almost like let his let his true feelings out and let his anger out was both times with with Maul, with Satine, and then also with Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he had a he. It's it's whenever he's in his most extreme situations that he he, and that that makes sense. That that's as anybody probably would act. But uh, yeah, I, I there was never a Jedi quite like Obi Wan. I uh, well, I mean there were. It's just he was he was the perfect Jedi. Like if there was an mm-hmm. image of a Jedi, it was Obi Wan. Uh, he he was the textbook yes, Jedi, and it just. Him and Mace Windu, I feel like we're textbook Jedi. Except Mace Windu, obviously, he's got a little bit more going on with his purple saber and stuff. But he was, he was like <laughs> a Jedi man. Like he he abided by the Jedi, the Jedi code and everything. And he did not not turn away ever under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's I, I you know I think ultimately part of the reason why it ended up falling was they. They were they followed the Jedi rules and you know the the Jedi dogma too religiously, and that ended up they got arrogant, and then you know that's why Anakin turned, and then once Anakin turns, then the whole Jedi, then the whole order falls. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. You got anything to add there, Joe? Honestly, no. I I I think we've said everything about Obi Wan that that could be said. Honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, let's move on to Star Wars Dream Come True. Actually, actually, I've got one more storyline in me. I've got one more. <laughs> okay. and that's, it's that of Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I need. We need to talk about that because, I mean, he's got one of the uh, one of the only two redemption arcs in the entire in the entire story. You know, you've got a. You've got Darth Darth Vader and you've got Kylo Ren, and uh, yeah, Kylo Ren on paper, the shit man. Like his his parents are Princess Leia and Han Solo. His uncle Luke Skywalker. Well, yeah. his other uncle Chewbacca. Then you got a, then you got Grandpa Vader, and you got you're named after Ben Kenobi. You know, you you got the greatest team in history in your corner. Man, you got Leia, Luke, and Chewbacca all just riding for you, man. And I got to imagine Lando was around. Uncle Lando was probably stopping by every now and then. Uh, <laughs> you know, if anything, if anything, Ben Solo should have turned out to be something of a scoundrel, not not a Sith Lord. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, it, I think he was one of the only characters, you know, that really showed his battle between the dark and the light. Because Darth Vader, it was it was pretty much only at the very end while Luke was being killed that he was like, you know what? I, I don't, I'm not a part of this. Let's just throw him down a pit. Yeah. But, but <laughs> Kylo, I mean, it, the whole sequel trilogy, it was like a constant battle. I mean, the first, I guess the first movie was kind of like 
his evil movie where he he kind of didn't really care, but well, but no, then as but the movies progressed, at the beginning he's he's talking to a Ray and she's like, "You're afraid. You're afraid that you'll never be as good as Darth Vader." And he's like, "Jesus Christ, how did you know that?" Like, <laughs> well, I guess I guess that's that's right, but he never really responded with like a like a sense of that he was afraid or that he made the wrong decision. Oh, okay, yeah, he was. He was- in Force Awakens, he was yeah. definitely very committed to that the facade he was holding up. Yeah, and then you just saw him break yeah. down over time, and he's like, oh my god, like, what did I do? I killed my father. I've done so many bad things. And and then he just finally broke. And then just the the amazing scene at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, you know, took place. And I, I really think that if they would have shown that battle with Darth Vader a little bit more, it would have made his character, like, I mean, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess his character is just supposed to be badass, and and you know he was pure evil at at points. But I I would have thought that you know the fight that they that they showed what or Kylo showed was a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and the way that they visually show you Kylo, the way he changes throughout the trilogy is impre- is interesting too because, and at the beginning of Force Awakens, the first time he takes off his helmet, he has a bit of a baby face, right? You're kind of like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, <laughs> this guy looks, he looks young. Like, he looks like he's just, like, young and playful. He looks like he's ready to have some fun. And then, and then Last Jedi, he's got the scar on his face. He looks a bit aged. He's got a little bit more of a bat, more bags under his eyes. And then you get to Rise of Skywalker, and he, he's got these bags under his eyes, and he looks evil. And you don't even realize it until he becomes Ben Solo. And then he has this youthful, youthful exuberance about him. Like mm-hmm. he looks clean cut, just very light. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Like he, it, when he became Ben Solo, he automatic they they took visual cues to make him look like he was on the light side now. That the that he had purged the dark side from his system, which I thought was wildly cool. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the dyad in the forest with Ray—that's a very cool, cool dynamic. There, you guys got a you guys got any thought on the uh, dyad, the force dyad? Uh, I think I think it's interesting because I, I had seen something talking about how um, the whole the whole storyline that was kind of almost forgotten, I think, in in between uh, the Force Awakens and then the Last Jedi of the lightsaber and like how it got to. What's her, what's her name? Kanata. I'm blanking on the... Maz Kanata? Okay. That's what I thought it was. I just couldn't remember. Um, I think, like, you know, how it got there and why it was calling out to Ray. And I saw something talking about the fact that there were there, there are a few possibilities and that, like, it both might have been calling out to Ray because of the fact that, you know, the Force had awakened inside of her and it was the light side of the Force and it was so you know, the, the lightsaber was calling back out to the light side of the force. Cause it always kind of been in the light side of the force with, you know, good Anakin and then with Luke and then, you know, so I think it might've been calling out to that, but it also could have been calling out to the Skywalker because of the fact that she was the whole dyad in the force. Who are one. The fact that she was, she was connected, you know, two and one and everything with you know, Ben yeah. Solo and so she was connected to the Skywalker. So the lightsaber was calling out to the Skywalker and she was 
there and that's why it was you know it had this connection with her and i think that's also the force dyad has to be the explanation for the romantic relationship between ray and ben given that we don't get to see it play out much on screen because he's very short very short lived ben solo you know but uh, yeah. I have to think that Ray was a- they were connected so deeply through the force that she was able to see the best of Ben Solo very, very clearly yeah. because of it. And she could recognize that Kylo Ren was a cloud of the dark side in front of it. And, uh, I- yeah, she. Could- that- oh, I was just going to say that she could see the fact that he wasn't truly invested in the dark side. And in the Sith, and that he was just, he this whole time had kind of been like one foot in the door, one foot out. Exactly. And I think what's important too is to emphasize the fact that no, this is not an actual healthy relationship. This is a Star Wars relationship. Uh, Oh, yeah. So in Last Jedi, when Kylo goes, uh, You're nothing. Nope. You're nothing of the story, but not to me. Like, that's a shitty, shitty thing to say as anybody. (laughs) Damn. But in the what star- a cold line! It is. It, you're nothing. You're nothing to the story, but not to me. Like that, like that is some twisted, terrible boyfriend shit to say. So obviously, the Kylo Ren. This is a Star Wars relationship. This is not a real life relationship. It needs to be understood that the Force <laughs> plays a part in their love. Not. <laughs> it's not just like it's not like she's also like, man. I can't resist this guy who's telling me I'm nothing. Like. <laughs> He's, he's he's so yeah, small. Exactly. Like it's not like that. It's something. Yeah. Else. Also, like like none of the none of the true Star Wars like love relationships that we see are very healthy. Exactly. So that's not in Padme question. And Anakin are always hiding in the shadows, which is never a healthy route for a relationship. Yeah, N- never Luke a great and Leia are start. And sister. <laughs> oh. Huh. Oh. Han's only. Han's only interested because she's exactly. hot. <laughs> but that, that grows into something more. Han yeah. and Leia's, I mean, it was, it, it, yeah. It was the it most was the healthy. most healthy, yeah. And they ended up getting a divorce. Well, yeah, but... And their son killed this, one of them. This plays really well into the Star Wars dream come true. Mm-hmm. So let's go I ahead, mean... uh, let's segue into Star Wars dream come true. With with uh, the idea of a young uh, uh, Leia post Return of the Jedi pre Force Awakens, she's a Jedi now. You know, Leia, Joe. I know you like to talk about this. You want to take the take the rails here? Oh yeah. I mean, it was just such like such a cool thing to drop in that movie, just to be like, yeah, Leia was a Jedi this whole time, and she chose family over everything. And like, I mean, that's a very hard choice to make seeing that your brother is becoming a super powerful Jedi and that you could be like a team with him and, you know, and, and, you know, try to rule the galaxy as they always say. And, and just her deciding like, no, I really have to focus on family instead. And she really just, just took that decision, like made it her own. And she's just such a powerful character in, in star Wars. And I, I just would love to see any more Leia in any fashion at all. So, at all. yeah, I mean, what a, what a soft decision, though. You could have been a space wizard with a light sword or with a laser sword and said you chose the sun. <laughs> could you imagine throwing your money away like that? <laughs> Damn. I'm, just, I'm fucking playing. I, uh, uh, I, I don't know, though. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, 
I my Star Wars dream come true, certainly among them, would be a post Return of the Jedi, pre Force Awakens, some filler on Luke, Han, Leia, and Ben, a young Ben Solo, and how he was drawn to the dark side by Snoke. Because I would love to see uh, what was going on at home. What made a what made Ben feel like he wasn't enough, and ultimately pushed him to the dark side when he felt Snoke's. Uh, pull, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I mean, just, and, and then like Luke Temple, I mean, that's that's its own thing, all on its own. Which I do believe we'll see Luke's Temple in some series in some form. I mean, they, there's no way that they they just hint at that and be like, oh yeah, Luke had his own temple. You know, he was just training Jedi, yeah. and they don't show like. By the way. By the way, this happened, but don't worry. They'll about undoubtedly, it. Yeah. they'll undoubtedly come back to it. It's there's too much money to be made. Yeah, they didn't just yeah. throw that idea out there just to, to let it be. They, they 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 are thinking ahead now. They're playing chess and with the you, money. Do you think his temple makes an appearance in Mandalorian season two? If I were to bet on it, I would. I mean, I I would I would bet on it because. I mean, just the the idea of Mando taking baby Yoda to Luke's temple, him getting trained there, possibly the, the Darksaber being involved with that. I mean, I, I just, that synergy right there would be awesome. I mean, you could also throw Ahsoka into it, say that, like, they find Ahsoka, she takes them to the temple. Yeah, here, all, all that stuff how happens. That, how that would kind of get tied in. So at the end of Rebels, Ahsoka and Sabine Wren go off on their own little uh, journey to find Ezra Bridger, a fellow uh, a Jedi from the series Rebels, who's actually in the same place as Grand Admiral Thrawn, wherever they are in the galaxy. And uh, so Ahsoka and Sabine Wren's uh, quest for Ezra may lead to them running into Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, as all the Mandalorian has to go on for his search for Baby Yoda's family and kind is Jedi. So... She that yeah. this is bound to lead him to Luke Skywalker's temple. This could lead to Ahsoka meeting Luke Skywalker. We haven't really we haven't really talked about that mm-hmm. possibility. Ahsoka meeting the son of her uh, her former master, and uh, getting that opportunity for Luke to learn more about the best parts of Anakin. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, Sabine Wren yeah. is a Mandalorian by blood, so that you automatically have that tie into the Mandalorian series right there. Possibly this leads to uh, them teaming up to go against Moff Gideon, get the dark saber back, and then take take Mandalorian back. You know, we, maybe we're headed in that direction. Yeah, maybe there's a war in which Mandalore has its own little uh, has its own little rebellion, and it's not a galactic. Uh, sort of proportion thing. It's just Mandalore has their own little rebellion. We never know, you know. I, I, I'm excited to see this these sort of thing. Oh wait, this is post Empire. Never, never mind. I mean, either way, I'm super excited for the next season of Mandalorian. I, th- I, I mean, they really, if they fail with what they've set up, I, I mean, I don't know how they can <laughs> they because they've set they, it up so perfectly. I, I, here's yeah. the thing: Dave Filoni has proved himself to be a good Star Wars creator with the Clone Wars that I have faith in literally anything Dave Filoni attaches his name to Star Wars. It is going to be good. Yeah. 
it, and, and mm-hmm. I mean, you got you got Dave Filoni, who's creator of Clone Wars, creator of season one Mandalorian. And you got John Favreau, who has just got tons of Marvel projects under his belt. Uh, writer of Mandalorian. He's just mm-hmm. he, he directed the very first MCU movie. Like that that's that's huge. Like that's that's a few. Uh I have faith. he might be cinema god. I have you know he might be I have complete faith in the Mandalorian season two being possibly even better than the first season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean if you guys want to talk about some theories, because I just, you've been hinting at theory I want to talk about for so long, and I just, I can't, I can't hold it in anymore. Let's go. If let's that's go. okay. Theories, theories, hit me with okay. it. Okay. I can't believe I didn't mention this, or you guys just haven't, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it, how the Jedi are arrogant, but I really do think that mm-hmm. they are at fault for pretty much anything bad that's happened, and they're at some degree evil and i'm not saying that they're as evil as the separatist and you know the sith because they're just flat out evil they'll do anything they can in their best interest but i mean if you look at the recruiting that the jedi do it's pretty horrible it's it, it, i mean it they here's the empire very 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 similarly how how they would uh, recruit the young and just take and take them from their homes i mean it's like Anakin, whenever he was first introduced to the, the Jedi Council, he was nine years old, and they said, no, he's too old. Yoda said he's too old to begin training. And, you know, a lot of people think that they just want to embrace the young and, like, this lifestyle, you know, develop their brain so that they think, like, morally correct. But if you kind of look at it with a critical eye, it's, it's more brainwashing. of... Exactly. And... You know, they, the Jedi themselves, other than the recruitment, they kind of think of themselves as like above the law and they will do what they see is best, you know, for their interests as well, which the Sith do all the time. And it's just kind of, you know, it, from a certain it's point not of really view sort of thing. Yeah. It's like Obi-Wan. It's not really yeah. from a certain point of view. It's not really a, a <laughs> Star Wars is not really a story of good versus evil but more of a story of just a balancing act. And you just, like the yin-yang philosophy. And I, I don't really think it's, I mean, obviously we see green-blue lightsabers, good good guys, red lightsabers, bad. But, you know, it's it's more than that. I don't think Star Wars is ever supposed to be cut and dry, ever. It's not. It, it definitely isn't, because yeah. even in The Last Jedi, we see a, a, a version of Luke Skywalker who, we know as the almighty hero, the greatest Jedi to ever live, completely down on his fucking face. Just one in, in worse shape than most characters we've ever seen in, uh, in terms of uh, uh, mental hope, especially in Jedi. Like that was like their thing. That was Luke. He was he was the hopeful guy. And it's yeah. like whenever you see Anakin's downfall, you might think it's a, it's about him thinking the wrong way. But it's also about how the Jedi just don't pay attention to him. And they're just like, you know what? Like, we know we're right. And, you know, they're just kind of being arrogant about it. And they're just like, we're right. Your way of thinking is wrong. You can't, you can't let your emotions get the better of you. But then they just, you know, they obviously see Anakin in this horrible path that he's going down. And they're just like, you just can't let your emotions get the best of you. That's, that's really all they say. And they're like, they're not just trying, like, Obi-Wan isn't really being 
his dad and like he usually is. And, and I don't know. It's just, it's very weird when you look at it through a critical lens. The uh, Jedi Order is not exactly a, uh, I mean, they mean well. They certainly mean well, mm-hmm. but they, uh, yeah. Any sort of, anytime you set up a governing body, it's going to be, there's going to be holes in it that are like, this isn't, this isn't good. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just how that's going to work. And I mean, yeah. when, when it comes to something like uh, the Jedi and the Sith and any, any universe with the Jedi and the Sith, if you come across force capable children, if you're in the Jedi, you probably look at them and go, man, that kid's that kid. If he doesn't, if he doesn't come join us now, he could do worse with the power that he's about to have. And, mm-hmm. and it's, sort yeah. of, it's, that's where that starts to come into play is like, is it better off to let things run their course or is it better off to jump out ahead of it and, take in these children and try to teach them the right way to use the force. So I was just going to say, like you would talk, you guys have been talking about how like, you know, they take kids whenever they're so young. And yes, I do think part of that is the whole, just in a way trying to like brainwash them and instill the values of the Jedi order as soon as you can. But also they take them as whenever they're so young, um, partially i think to to keep them from forming those relationships whenever they're younger that that we see that we see like luke has with his mother like luke loves his mother and whenever his mother dies that's a huge fall for him towards the dark side whenever his mom dies and he goes and slaughters an entire village yes essentially so i think that's part of the reason why they they look at luke and see that's a nine-year-old he's too old because of the fact that he's already old enough to have formed these relationships and have these uh, like preconceived notions about how he thinks the universe should work. And we see those flare up later on where he say, where he, you know, obviously like things like slavery, terrible thing in the star Wars universe, but he has that extra motivation behind it that, that has him feel even stronger yeah. feelings towards it than what he should. Yeah. That's and even I, another thing that, Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Oh, well, they, they didn't even, you know, they, they freed Anakin of his slavery, but only after they gave him and, you know, the fix to their ship that was broken. They're like, you know what? Yeah, let's free this kid. And, and, you know, he, he might do well for us. And Qui-Gon kind of brought him under his wing. And then his mom is just still in slavery and they're like, they gave the excuse of we don't have the money to buy her out. But then Well, I don't I don't think it was just that. I think it was also they said it's you know, it's not our place to come in and, and change things. We're not here as But as also liberators. like if you're part of a group, to say like you join I don't know, a karate class, it's not like they're just gonna take your kid away and then not care about the parent. They're gonna be like, We're gonna do everything we can with your kid. We're going to be fully transparent. They're not just like, we're going to take you away. You're not going to have any part of this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, they could have been like, you know what, Anakin? You've, you've proved to do well for us now. It's been a decade since your, you know, your mom is still in slavery and you haven't even seen her. Maybe we'll go free her. You know, just, just a, a little little gift to Anakin. Maybe he wouldn't have gone the route he would have gone. Well, but I, yeah, I, that kind of goes back to what I had said earlier and the fact that they – 
they don't want him to have any attachments because attachments are a way in the, in the Jedi's point of view. And I think kind of leads into the fact that we might see a different type of Jedi order in, in the possibility of future movies. The fact that in the old Jedi order attachments were a way for the dark side to, to seep in. And the more attachments you had, the more ways the dark side could could get in and and influence you. Yeah, I guess the whole thing is just basically a the way you look at sort certain like perspectives. It's oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty much all it is. Is you know one way you look at it really bad, but then on the other hand, they don't really mean harm, and they're trying to do the best they can. So, I mean, it's it's a yeah. toss up. It's there's a reason for the way, for the things that they're doing. And I think that's the biggest difference in, you know, like between the Jedi and the Sith, where the Jedi are taking the kid away from the parents. So they don't have the attachments where, and they're also, you know, a lot of the time they're taking the, they're, they're taking the kid away. And it's, it's not like they're just going and kidnapping the kid. It's the parents are part of that decision. Um, but then with the Sith, they're just straight kidnapping the kid. And then after the, the, the child is trained in the ways of the Sith, they have them go back <laughs> and kill their family. Okay. Fair. Cause that's, that's literally like, uh, um, like Palpatine after, uh, Plagueis kind of trains him in the Sith. He has him go back and kill his family. And obviously Palpatine's okay He's with it because he hates his fucking family, monster, but it's still, you know. You know, there are some things that the that the Jedi do that you know from from our point of view might not be right or the best way to do it, but it's a whole lot better than the than the way that the Sith mm-hmm. do it. Okay. Yeah, and and Fair. see, the thing is that that whole argument there was about uh, how the Jedi's view on things they think they're always right when they're not when they're not actually right, and uh, you know, it, who's to say whether those attachments are right or not i think they are i think they should be able to allow attachments because they proved that anakin anakin's attachments are what brought him back kylo ren's attachments are what brought him back like why? yeah why can't you use your attachments for good like why can't you teach yeah attachments can help jedi and be a good thing not uh, push down all your emotions this shit isn't like that's not how that works like use your emotions to, and channel them into something good. Yeah. Like, get rid of, yeah, the, the emotions of anger and those things, sure, it's okay to push down, but the emotions of it, like the emotional attachment and things like that, you, they should allow and use them for, use them for good. But, okay. I think we got that theory pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now, what about this? Oh, I, I okay. What okay. do you guys think? How different is the galaxy if Qui Gon Jinn lives and Obi Wan dies on Naboo? Hmm. Honestly, the Jedi Order could have been it could have fallen a lot faster than it would have because I think the opposite. I don't think Anakin ever falls. Really. I think if Qui Gon is Anakin's master, there's never a go- there's never a conflict. Okay, why? I think Qui Gon, he was like it all goes back to Obi Wan not being ready to take him as an apprentice. You know, I think Qui Gon okay. was a much more balanced 
force user. He knew he didn't know the dark side, but he was familiar with it because his former master what ended up falling to the dark side. And he didn't exactly agree with the Jedi order in the same way that, the, that Anakin did. He wouldn't have pushed Anakin's ideas down all the time. He wouldn't have made Anakin feel the way Obi-Wan did when he said, he, you're always trying to, you know, fuck around basically. Yeah. Like, and I think uh, Qui-Gon yeah. also probably would have instilled more of a student relationship into Anakin, a student-teacher relationship and father-son relationship instead of a friendly mm-hmm. kind of brotherly relationship that Obi-Wan and Anakin yeah. had. And in terms of the, the situation Anakin was in, as we see how he turns out, I think it would have been more important for him to have had a father figure at the time than Obi-Wan as a more brotherly figure, in my opinion. Well, I think I think Anakin views Obi Wan as more of a is it's I think it's kind of a balance that he views yeah. him as both a brother and a father figure, whereas Obi Wan views him as a brother. He, he doesn't view him as a you know as a student or as almost like his son. He views him as his brother, and I think that's part of the issue. Um, and also, I think part of the issue that Anakin has in Revenge of the Sith, where he you know he's kind of get, gets forced to be on the on the council but they don't let him be a master and even before that he was fighting so hard to, for them to let him finally be a jedi master i think if qui-gon's his uh you know his his master and everything i think qui-gon who at this point would have been older and a far more respected jedi master and had a far higher seat on the council than obi-wan would have had i think o- or qui-gon would have fought harder than Obi-Wan did and would have for that's, that's Anakin to be a as well. That's, that's why I think if Qui-Gon trains Anakin, yeah. maybe there is a conflict, but I think it gets solved by the end of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think, yeah, Qui-Gon would have kind of snuffed out the issue better than... Okay, to play Obi-Wan. devil's advocate, I guess. So, we know Qui-Gon... Uh, you know he's a he's a very true Jedi, but at the time where the Council wasn't really up for you know training Anakin to become a Jedi, Qui Gon was kind of like you know what I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to kind of separate myself and do what I think is moral. But in Anakin, he already thought that way from the very start. Sorry for the voice crack right there, but he th- he thought that way from the very start. He always did what he wanted to do. He always disobeyed orders, especially in the Clone Wars, and you know, that might have been instilled in him quicker and it might have caused his downfall even faster than it would have already done. That's a valid point as well. But that would be a different sort of downfall. The uh, The way that you're indicating it, it would be that Anakin would get power hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just for pure lust, lustful reasons. Like, Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, a downfall is a downfall, you know, and there's a lot of paths to the Sith. So yeah. I, mean, I guess that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, but also I think I think Qui Gon he like where he says I'm gonna do what I have to do because he views the chosen one as the prophecy and he views Anakin he he knows Anakin as the chosen one so he takes it on himself to say I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I have to do to get him into the order because he views it as right. I think that there were time like towards the end. Uh, Anakin wasn't doing what he was doing because he thought it was right. He was doing what he was doing because of his attachments. 
And I think that maybe kind of having the point of view of I'll, I'll do what I have to do because that's the right thing to do may have even caught like caused him to not downfall in Very the best at all. That, yeah, that's also fair because because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have seen the Sith as the answer to those to the question like the or answers to the question. He might have been on his own. more willing in a father son. Yeah, he might have been more willing even in a father-son relationship that he would have had with Qui-Gon to go to him and say, hey, okay. I'm having these issues. That's very true. Because he might have seen maybe I won't get the same judgment out of Qui-Gon that I would have gotten okay. from Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan dealt with the same issues of the attachment with Duchess Satine and Obi-Wan solved, him the, solved those issues himself. And so Anakin might have thought, well, if I go to him and say, hey, I'm married to Padme, she has kids, like she's pregnant. Also, I think she's gonna die. Obi Wan probably would have gotten pissed at him, whereas Qui Gon, I think, would have been more of the "All right, you done, f- I dis- you, you fucked up." I disagree. Now I think we that at the time it. of Revenge of the Sith, at the time that Anakin thinks, or at the time Anakin's having visions about Padme dying, I'm pretty sure Obi Wan already suspects that mm-hmm. this is the case. That he- Oh yeah, I think he does too, but I think that's what I'm saying is that's the difference in like their the relationships that they would have had, where of like in more of like a brotherly relationship, you might not be as willing to bring something like that up because of the judgment. But with like a father son, you might be willing to bring like the issue up because of the fact that the the father would judge you like judge you and be disappointed. But okay, help I, you I, fix I see it. what you're saying. I see what you're saying for sure. Can I pose another question? Absolutely. This one's kind of a quick one, but did Palpatine kill Padme? Did he pull the final string to kill her? Uh, you know, my my view on this has always been uh, a little romantic. Not, not, not even Star Wars-y. Mm-hmm. I, I, legit, I think I, I know where you're going with this. She died of a broken heart. Okay, um, I, 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 which is it's completely, completely out. I, I don't think Anakin killed her. I definitely don't think that's the case. And mm-hmm. I think the next most feasible option to me is absolutely Palpatine pulled the final strings. But uh, the way the doctors are speaking to Obi Wan and how there's no feasible explanation that could also that could also explain the the Palpatine thing. But I just think it's like. It's it's shitty, but she feels like everything's gone. But she, it's shitty because she had two yeah. kids. But <laughs> <laughs> because also, you know, the doctor's talking to Obi Wan kind of strangely, and the doctor, or I guess it was a droid, but you know, they said she seemed to have died from a mysterious, you know, a mysterious way, and and then right after you see Palpatine rescue Anakin, you know, from his from burning and stuff and then you see him create Darth Vader and then right whenever he wakes up the first thing he asks is like is you know what is Padme and Palpatine autom- he knows right away she- no. she- Palpatine tells him she's dead like right away how would even Palpatine know I guess if, if he sensed it possibly but, but oh, that's a good point well m- maybe you could also view it as the as Palpatine was just telling him, like, yo, you killed her. Mm-hmm. 
but just also, to make just to make him feel like he needed to commit to this right now. Like this is it for me. Yeah, but but then if she wasn't dead, and then Palpatine lied to him, then I mean, I don't know. Like I don't think that's, Palpatine would lie about that. That's a fair point. Why wouldn't he? I don't know. What what reasons? Is, I mean, I just think it was he was so certain that she was dead because he killed her. That he was like, yeah, let me, or he he thought about it before, you know. He said, well, Anakin would, or Darth Vader at the time would be very, very, you know, a lot more angry if Palpatine was dead, and Anakin thought that he killed her. So he was like, well, let's go ahead and, and you know end her, and then tell Anakin right when he wakes up, guess what? You killed your you killed your wife, and I I don't know. I think it was a very very good plan on Palpatine's part for his. Well, but you, from that same point of view, you could also say that Palpatine that just knew that, yeah, or or even knew, like, I don't know if she's alive or dead, but if I tell him that she's dead, he won't go looking for her, he won't try and figure out where she is, he won't try and figure out where his kids are, he'll assume that they're dead, and he'll okay. be pissed about it. True. And he'll hate he'll and most most of that anger would go Something towards Jedi. Uh, o- okay. Obi Wan and the Jedi. True. Either way, it worked very well in Palpatine's yeah. favor. Well, yeah. that's true. As that's true. everything did in this movies in these movies. Yeah, I guess I, I've <laughs> always just liked the idea that uh, Padme died of a broken heart because it adds to their romance for me because you don't get much of it anywhere else. Yeah. So like that last that last scene where she's like. <laughs> you broke my heart. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I just, I've always just taken that to be like he legitimately did, and she's, she's like now she has no will to live. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I that's kind of okay. one, that's kind of what I go with. Now, is Han Solo force sensitive? I've heard, I've heard this theory. I, uh, I don't believe so. No, because a lot of people. The reason Anakin is such a great pilot is because of how force sensitive he is, and how you know his midichlorian count, all that. Yeah, and that's yeah. a but reason why Han Solo's pilot ability, mm-hmm. his draw to Luke and uh, Leia, and you know the the shot that he takes without looking. You know, I mean, that could be a test to just how great of a shot he is, but also in the universe where it's all about the force, could be that. I've, uh... I've listened to uh, I listened to a podcast. Um, it's called Rebel Force Radio, and they're doing a they did a live commentary of the Force Awakens. And one of the uh, guys made an analysis that I uh, I just hadn't realized before. And it's on that shot. I don't I don't think it's Han being Force sensitive. I think it was the Force guiding him because he kind of after he does it, his arm kind of like slacks, and he looks back like, "What the fuck did I just do? Like I did not know I could do that." But it, that could also be an argument for him being force sensitive and just feeling like he had had to do that at that moment. Mm-hmm. And then you know, also in the saloon where you know we got to you know you got to pay up on, and then he's you know, they're both pointing a gun at each other, and then his is under the table, and then he fires right before you know. I don't know. It's just it. I, I would like to believe that he is because then it makes you know Kylo even more powerful. That would be that. That would make sense. But uh, I, I, I've always just liked thinking of Han as just the guy, you know, like he's, he's the one who's 
Yeah, just 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 a dude involved in shit way bigger than him, and he and he he kind of loves it because it's drama, you know. Okay. (laughs) And I mean, that's just me looking out for the character I've created in my head. I'm absolutely open to the idea of him being force sensitive. That'd be actually very cool. I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, especially given the idea that he he doesn't maybe that's the point he doesn't believe in it so much that like it just shows up in the most uncanny ways because wouldn't it be ironic you know when him and obi-wan are talking about the force and he's always like man do you really believe in that you know sort of crap and it just, yeah and then it turns out that he's force and space well. wizards yeah that'd be cool that would be cool but yeah that that's all the theories i got <laughs> Uh, so I'll go with my favorite theory, and that's uh, Darth Jar Jar. All right, I've been waiting for this. For, I've been waiting for this this whole time. Just, just the idea that you know Darth Jar that Jar Jar Binks, the most hated character in all of Star Wars, the bumbling fool that seemingly does everything wrong but everything right at the same time, just was secretly a Sith Lord the whole time, and was just like sitting in the background. Pulling all the strings, even even Palpatine didn't know about what it. Just, it'd just be such a funny a thing to see. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's you know there's even theory behind it, and it's uh, that um, he because you know all the different like fighting styles and all that stuff that the Jedi and the Sith follow. They're all they all, all have these special names, and they're all based off of like actual like fighting styles in real life. So like you know yeah different like taekwondo or things like that um and there is a uh like uh an ancient like fighting style that some monks use and it's literally it's called something but it translates to drunken fist drunken drunken fist fist something and it's you just act like a yeah drunken fist wushu you act like a bumbling idiot that's drunk and you just like hit people at the perfect times and do all this stuff and watching uh you know the fight scenes that uh, that Jar Jar Binks is in in the invasion of Naboo and things like that, where he just it, he seems like he doesn't know anything that's going on, but yet everything turns great. out perfectly for him. It just makes okay, sense, yeah. and he it also would Darth just be amazing. And why, why does he have to be Darth Jar Jar? I mean, it's obviously what? better if he's Darth Jar Jar, but what if it's what if he's on the side of the Jedi? Well, because if he was on the side of the Jedi, then why maybe he's a double secret? agent. Maybe he's just force sensitive. <laughs> nah, that's that's too boring. I want him to. I want it to be Darth Jar Jar, who is still behind the scenes, even in the even in the sequel sequel trilogy. How, and Snoke is actually no, just Jar Jar. Even better, Palpatine, Palpatine, Palpatine is Jar Jar. Palpatine is Jar Jar, Jar Binks' Binks clone. Is, or, or I love Snoke it. is just a really fucked up cloning attempt at Darth Jar Jar. Yeah. Well, you, what happened is you went Jar Jar Binks, and then Palpatine is a crappy clone of Jar Jar Binks. And I mean, they're same. They're from the same planet, so who knows? And then Snoke is an even crappier clone of Palpatine. You think, so it's just a really, Pal- really you think crappy Palpatine clone tried to clone of Jar Jar. for Snoke, and he was like, you know what? Let's turn this size up to times two. Like, <laughs> like, let's just have some fun. Well, 
so I think the, the whole cloning thing is that like you can either have like a perfect clone that doesn't have any force ability or you have a clone that has for- force ability and like the the zombie Palpatine or Snoke but that is just a disgrace that would to make nature sense because that's, <laughs> it, it would make sense for a force enabled body to be far far more difficult to clone yeah, it's it's more difficult. So the whole thing is you had to choose between either the perfect clone of the body or the disfigured, you know, unnatural clone, but that has the you know the midichlorians and the force in it because you know, of the fact that it's that so hard given to this clone information that, part. that Palpatine was a clone in nine. Who's to say that Palpatine hasn't always been a fucking clone? <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. Palpatine that's why I love to believe that Darth Plagueis the Wise is Palpatine, just a different version of a clone of himself. Yo, yo, that you're you. Or this even better, is, Darth. This, this makes sense to me. Plagueis, Darth Plagueis the Wise <laughs> Jar Jar, is Jar Jar. Jar Jar being a flawed clone of Plagueis, Palpatine being a flawed clone of uh, Jar Jar, and then Snoke, Snoke being a flawed clone of. Palpatine. I love it. I, I love it. I love everything about it. I just really like to believe that Palpatine has been like, what if he was like the original Sith? Just, just imagine if Palpatine was the original Sith and he just kept cloning himself to become different people and no one knowing this whole time. Well, so one of the things is that I, that I saw after uh, Rise of Skywalker because of the fact that he's trying to pass down like the essence and the memories and the power of the Sith onto Ray is that every single, cause of the rule of two where the pal- where the Padawan always kills the, the master after the Padawan is more powerful than the master is that every single time that you, like that you have the Padawan killing the master become and becoming the master is that the, the original master, like kind I mean, of yeah, becomes but, part like... of the new Padawan. So what you could say is that, is and that's why like Palpatine has always just been this all Sith where he has the like the power of all of these Siths for you know the 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 millennia before him and so you know Palpatine technically you're right is yeah maybe, maybe there uh, is like Darth Plagueis in a way the same as the uh, Jedi prophecy where uh, the chosen one prophecy the chosen the Sith, one prophecy they all thought Plagueis might be that dude and then Palpatine was like you know what nah it's me. And he was the chosen one, and now he's the one who takes on all of these Sith, all of these Sith souls and uh, intelligence and stuff like that. And now, you know, he's he's the, all the Sith. He's the, he's the Sith's chosen one. I guess. Okay. Or, or maybe Ray is that chosen one, and all those voices that she heard in her head were all just actually the Sith. <laughs> that's, that's, was, that's was actually just Palpatine. Because I mean, you know, he was all of the voices in in, in Ben Solo's head. Not what prevents him head. from being Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi Wan and Yoda? What prevents him from doing from being all those I voices in her head to get her to kill him? Yeah, I guess I just love to think <laughs> that Palpatine was the original Sith this whole time, been playing everyone, and then he's like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I've been in rule for so long. Let's just let this my granddaughter take it. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> no, that's just. Awesome. I like. That. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> I don't really think it's true, but I just would think it's awesome. 
It would be very, very cool. It would, it would be wild. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if they I mean, made a High Republic trilogy. Star Wars, and like one of the plot twists at one point is that Palpatine just shows up and he's just like there, like he's alive and well. That <laughs> you just yeah. well, it's yeah, he's it's just a young Palpatine. Oh my god! A few thousand. Oh my years god! Before. <laughs> oh my god! I would love. Oh my god! It. Okay, 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 okay. What if the Palpatine we saw in Rise of Skywalker is a clone? And he found out a way to have the same, you know, it, it was a super messed up version of him, but he was still, you know, force sensitive. What if that's just a clone and Palpatine is still alive? That dude always has a plan. He always has a plan. What if? He, I mean, the, the whole First Order thing is that was literally just like his first plan. Dude, he's not what dead. what to do if he died. So who knows? Palpatine Who knows how many different they're you know, not clones and lives that he's back. living they, right now? They already pulled that card once. If they did it again, it'd be way it'd be way too much. It'd make me happy. But it would be, I'd be really very happy if they did. <laughs> I want the everybody, ultimate fans for this movie. Alive and they're all gonna fight. Palpatine's <laughs> Palpatine's still alive. Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord. <laughs> They do like the Doctor Strange, you know, little circle (laughs) uh, portals, and then everyone just comes back. Yeah, when Lando goes and fetches all the ships at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Man. (laughs) He's just like, hey, everybody, come with me. And (laughs) they're all like, okay, Lando. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. They never did it before, but this one time where they're like, you know, we're probably going to get whapped because this is the strongest army we've ever seen. They're all like... That's probably why they felt like they had to do it. Okay, true. Yeah, they were probably... Yeah, I would agree with that. They were probably kind of just like, well, we didn't come before because we were scared. Now we know if we really don't come this time, everything's going to shit. So maybe it's finally time someone oh, shit, besides man. Leia does right something. Or die for the rebellion until the end, bro. Life, birth to death. He was fighting yeah. for a rebellion. Maybe that's why she didn't choose to go the path of the Jedi. Maybe it wasn't just family. Maybe it was also she saw the flaws in the Jedi. She did. She did. But that doesn't mean she couldn't have started a whole new thing. The Jedi Order had already been collapsed and everything. I think. I think that. Uh, her decision was purely family. I mean, that makes because sense. Because I think, I think with Luke being the new guy, they were like, they knew they could rebuild it in the new vision. Oh yeah, yeah. I could, man. I could talk about theories all day, <laughs> dude. There's just so many out there. There's way too many. There's so many. I think. No, I, I think we could all just talk good. about Star Wars all day. But you know what? It's been about two hours. It has. And I think uh, I think this has been nothing short yeah. of a May the Fourth spectacular. I will I will say that I will. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming on yeah. for this uh, for this try again, and <laughs> and uh, being able to talk another two hours about Star Wars because this is fucking awesome. I loved it. Always down. I'm always down to do it. Yeah. And like I said the other day, let's do those commentaries. Mm-hmm. Now that we've got this shit figured out, we can actually do we can we can actually do something. Oh yeah. And yeah. you know, today, May the fourth. Yeah. 
of Rise of Skywalker is coming out on Disney Plus. So we have all and of them, all of them there. We got the, all of them there, all the saga. So we'll go through. You know, let's go through all of them. Let's do a live commentaries, talk about them as they happen. Uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, once this whole quarantine thing is over, maybe we'll just be able to record it. You know, with all of us there and not have to that'd be, that'd deal be very, with very as nice. many technical issues. Uh, yeah, but today, big day for Star Wars content. We got uh, the series finale of Clone Wars. We got a behind-the-scenes documentary about the Mandalorian. You got the Rise of Skywalker on Disney+. Plus. It's a big day for Star Wars fans. It's, uh, I mean, the end of the Clone Wars. It's the end of a fucking mm-hmm. era. Oh, no. Am I quiet? Yeah. Am I quiet? <laughs> but, yeah. Well, guys, I appreciate it so much. I appreciate you guys coming on so much. For sure. Anytime. So once again, this is yeah, Colton thanks. Robertson. I thanks was for having us. By Joseph George and Miles Buttress. And this is the way. This is the way. This is the way.